0: Hello and welcome to the Gunnar Tour. back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series after Arsenal have beaten Southampton 3-0, courtesy of goals from Alexandra Lacazette. Uh, I was going to say Nicolas Pepe then for some reason, Gabriel Magalhaes and of course the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, three goals in three, Martin Odegaard as well. Just great, really. Just smugness. Just pure, unrivaled, comfortable smugness. I've got haters mud in it. Just You love to see it. You just <laughs> You just love to see it. You can't really get much better than that. Hello, everybody in the chat box. Hope you're doing well. And I hope you're enjoying uh, the fallout of a win, which was nice to see. And we're going to go into all of that and more and get lots of your thoughts and feelings in the chat box. As always, it's going to be a very chat heavy show, getting lots of your feelings in the chat box. Liam, good evening to you, mate. Thanks so much for joining us. Satya Brat, thank you so nice. Uh, for joining us as always. Chris Moss, thank you for joining me, and thank you for obviously joining us in the Arsenal way as well. You can check out myself and Hush's reaction straight after the game on the Arsenal way. Link is in the description as always. Um, Good evening to everybody else. Manu says, Tom, your title is wrong again. It's Urda God's. (laughs) I'm loving this nickname. It's great. Absolutely brilliant. And Vinny, who coined the term, you've got to give Vinny the credit. He has copyright on that. Um, you got to say fair play. Um, Marcus says, wow, did we really score three and Pepe played? So Tom, is the rumour true Abamyang was given leave but went abroad and was late back? So, should we kick off? Should we kick off with the Abamyang stuff? Should we get it out of the way? I feel like we should, probably. So just flood the chat box with your thoughts and your feelings about pierre Abamyang because that's kind of the big underlying talking point that you know we should probably get out of the way first and then and then we'll move forwards um it isn't to do with the tattoo is the first thing um, that's separate and apparently that was fine the issue as david ornstein reported uh, via the athletic was that he was he was away on a, a pre-agreed trip and returned late and because he returned late they have punished him with obviously being removed from the squad for today's game. And uh, obviously this isn't the first time that we've had to deal with um, his lateness. He was late to the North London Derby on match day. He was on the bench that day. He was an unused substitute. Um, And it's just, it's, it's obviously frustrating. It's, it's not surprising. Like I wasn't surprised. I was like, I read the report and I was yeah, I've just kind of come to expect this now um, from Bamiang. and uh, I wasn't—I was hoping he wasn't going to start the game anyway because he's been in dire form. But there is a side to it where I'm actually a little bit sad. It is a bit sad because you—you you see the video of when he signed that new contract, saying that he wants to become a legend, doing that video of Ian Wright, of course, as we all remember, and it's just—just just not worked out, has it? And I really, you know, I really am disappointed and a bit sad about how things are going for Bamier, But that contract again, like if, if ever we needed a lesson as a club not to hand out £300,000 per week contracts to players, you don't need any more. There is no need to be reminded of this. There's no need to be told again, don't give three, unless your name is Erling Haaland. don't give £300,000 per week contracts to players. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Let's see what you guys are saying then in the chat box uh, about Abamyang. Matt G says, Abamyang should be stripped of the captaincy. However, a part of me feels sorry for him. Yes, yeah, on the similar lines as me, Matt. When he signed his contract, he was given assurance of the plan for the club. I doubt it was a youth project Uh, well I kind of agree with you what I would say is that he was probably given assurances that they would invest and they have they have invested I mean since he signed that contract including the summer that he signed it Arsenal spent on their way to 300 million pounds in the transfer windows so you can't say they've not spent money since he signed, since the summer that he signed that contract. Carlos, thanks for joining me, mate, for San Francisco. Really appreciate your kind words and welcome. Chat box, make sure you give Carlos a very warm welcome in the chat. Um, The Captain Manic on Twitch. We do stream on Twitch if you want to join us over there and give us a follow. We're on our way, I think, to 50 followers. Yeah, (laughs) 50 followers. Come give us a follow on Twitch. We're sending a Bambiang to Binding Lacazette. Something that I'm writing about and have just written about and should be out for you guys tomorrow morning is on the contract kind of situation and whether or not we should move one way or the other on those two. So I'll, I'll hold my tongue until tomorrow morning. Um, Manu says, let us not send him into the sun. Just, yeah, <laughs> inside joke based on this morning show. ZA says, after 15 mins, we finally woke up. Martinelli was brilliant today. No way Abamyang should walk back in. Uh, Wesley says, I'm finding myself honestly not caring too much about Bam Yang. He wasn't doing much before this. This gives another striker a chance. How is this not a positive? I'm... On that side of things, looking at it in the sense of it's given the opportunity to try something different where the striker position is usually always occupied by Aubameyang and he's had struggles and this is kind of forcing Arteta's hand. Vinny says, really disappointed in Bamiang He was brilliant for us for his first couple of seasons. He is struggling for form and he should be doing everything to rectify that. He comes across as unprofessional. And that's the word that I have used a number of times today in, in writing is that I find it unprofessional. He's the club captain at the end of the day, and he is meant to be the example. He is the one that's meant to be the role model. I also find it very, very odd that some people are taking exception with Arteta. And this is coming from someone that's been very critical of Arteta recently and is very much on the side of the line that would ear towards changing the the coach at the present. And yet I find the criticism to point the finger at Arteta a bit strange. Um, Suggestions that he shouldn't have publicly outed him again. Look, publicly outed. He tried so hard not to answer the questions in the press conference. If you haven't watched the press conference, you can go and watch it on the Arsenal way as always. Um, but he tried to not give much away. He simply said he wasn't going to talk about it. He talked about the fact that it was a disciplinary breach. And that was what he said. He gave the reason for it. And people are saying that he should have lied. He shouldn't have outed him and stuff like this. I find that really strange. I find that really odd that we wouldn't, that you wouldn't want to know, that you would not want to have some clarity on why, rather than there being continuous questions. And to be honest, when it's not the first time, and I know that he outed him the first time as well, but just in this case, it's not even the first time this this has happened. <laughs> You've only got. I feel for the coach in this sense. I really, really do. Uh, Paul says, when your highest paid player is the main gold scorer, hasn't scored in the league since October time, it's time to move him on and let players who deserve a chance have a game. I tend to agree. Aaron says, question, great to be back on Winning Ways. What is the best way to fit Martin Ali Smith, Rowe, Erdogan and Saka in the starting lineup? Should Martin Ali start up front or should he be our first sub? Well, there is one other option and that is to switch to a three, 4-3-3. Uh, a in which you play a single number six, and you put Smith, Rowe, and Erdogan as the eights, and you move Saka to the right, Martinelli to the left, and then you have a striker, be that Lacazette, Bamia, whoever. So you could do that. We have done it before. We haven't done it with Martinelli, to be fair, but we have tried it before with Pepe and Saka. It's not really worked. Maybe with Martinelli, it would be different, but that's certainly something that we could consider to get all of them in the team. But I kind of do like this situation i like the players competing you don't have to put all of the players in the team let them fight it out let them compete let them battle for each other's places rotate we've got the festive period we're going to need to rotate let's let's see how this moves timo pest madison is a poor man's erdegaard. okay let's we've waited long enough let's let's shower our norwegian legend (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and by the way for those that may be new to the channel yes i am being exaggerative i am being hyperbolic but give me your thoughts about the because another really strong performance he didn't start the game particularly great and, and to be honest neither did the entire sides to be honest no one really started the game that well but when he scored that moment of point when he scored three and three again by the way um he could have had two more assists his passing was good he was direct he was inventive and there was players making runs for him this is what we've said time after time is that odegaard needs the players to make runs he's not the he's not a number 10 that's going to be proactive in the sense he's going to be individualistic he's not a bruno fernandes if you want a bruno fernandes we're going to have to go and spend a hell of a lot of money on someone similar but for right now odegaard is a creator he's an enabler he's an emphasizer is what he is. And he needs the players around him to make the runs, and they've just not been making them. And Saka and Lacazette made some really good movement for Erdogan today, and he should have had two assists. Great layoff for Lacazette, who took far too many touches and should struck have struck, struck a shot straight in either the side of Caballero in goal. And a brilliant spotted back heel for Saka in the first half as well, that Saka should have done a lot better uh, with as well. But it is brilliant how. When he's given the movement ahead of him, how influential he can be in the team. Uh, Let's see what you're saying in the chat box, people. Erdogan's a magician, says Chris Moss. Um, (laughs) Henry Gunnar says Erdogan, man of the match, showing again that he's not a flop. Uh, Goldilocks did well today, but can he do the same in away games? Well, I mean, he scored at Everton, scored at Manchester United. Yes. He made mistakes, as did all of the team in those two games. But he still scored in those matches. And that's been the biggest criticism that people have had, is that he doesn't have enough goal contributions to his game. He scored three and three. He should have five for the season. He's got four from that brilliant free kick at Burnley. He should have five if it weren't for a Bamiang stealing that strike and then being offside like a fool. Um, but, I mean, four and a half goals this season is is pretty darn good return, considering he's played, what, 13-14 games so far. I'm pretty happy about it. Um, Tom says, Happy that he's getting a good run in the squad. I like the creativity and pressing and the pressing too. There's something that goes really under the radar, is how much he presses. I think he still ranks as one of the most aggressive, if not the most aggressive player in the Premier League. He leads from the front. His leadership skills are really, really solid. He's got, I don't want him to be captain, but he's got that kind of captain mentality that he wants to draw that team draw that energy him and Martinelli in the same side gives you a lot of kind of you know free-flowing force in the forward line and I like that about having those kids and he's 22 people like people talk about him like he's in his prime in his mid to late 20s because he's been around since he was 16 at Real Madrid he's 22 years old we need to start talking about him like he's 22 years old and appreciate that He's scoring at a level, and he's playing at a level right now, which is, you know, it's very good for a 22-year-old at this level. He's one year older than Smith Rowe. It still absolutely shocks me. Um, Steph, Tom, Erdogan is better than Madison at 22, so he'll be even better than him when he's 24 and 25. years, more creative than Madison, and Madison is so inconsistent. I'm happy with Martin. Hovic said, Erdogan's pressing in the 80th minute, though. I mean, just, just just non-stop that. I mean, I love the way in which we really had fun. Like, you could tell that we had fun. Let's, let's you know, and I appreciate all the really nice comments that you're saying uh, about, I mean, I nearly put him in this week and I'm gutted that I didn't, Jason. I nearly put him in the fantasy team, but I didn't. I mean, I'm an absolute mare, fantasy-wise. Um, it is what it is. I'm having a bad year. <laughs> I'm really bad. It's really annoying because of my, my group chat with my lads back home. The constant line of... Look, you work in football and you're sitting at the back of our (laughs) fantasy league. Yes, it's embarrassing. It's horrible. It's just part and parcel of fantasy. There's no guarantees. No matter If if you've got the time to put all the research in, then great. But otherwise, I just go with passion in that game. Let's talk about the actual game. Let's talk about the fact that we need to have this discussion about were we good because Southampton were bad or were we good because we were good? Because I know that that's been a... You know, a big part of the discussion around this game is how good were Southampton? How good were we? And I think if you look at some of the games that we've played this season against Norwich, Burnley, Watford, Newcastle, try to think of any more. Um, I've, yeah, not Norwich, Watford, Burnley and Newcastle in particular. Games and Aston Villa, I suppose. Games that we've won at home, Burnley away against these sides that you expect us to beat. In those teams, we weren't convincing. In those games, sorry, we weren't convincing. We struggled. We allowed them to have a fair few chances. And, you know, it could have easily been a different result. And it hasn't given me much confidence during that 10-game unbeaten run. Besides the first 20 minutes of the game today, in which it really did feel like a bit of a hangover from the Everton game, there was a difference for me. There was a difference for me in how we played today for the last 70 minutes of the match in, con- in contrast to those games against Norwich and Newcastle and Watford and Burnley. The difference was, is one, when we scored, we didn't let up. And that's been one of the biggest criticisms of this team. As we know, I don't need to teach you to suck eggs. We all know that when Arsenal have scored, we've sat back. We have just sat back and allowed oppositions to try and get the equaliser. That didn't happen today. That did not occur. Arsenal got the goal and they pushed. And that is a positive sign. And that's what we wanted. We knew that this game wasn't going to turn heads. This game isn't going to turn someone who's Arteta out into Arteta in. It was never going to have that kind of effect. And so the maximum that this game could achieve is just offer something. Offer something to kind of grab onto. And that, for me, was the fact that there was a change in the mentality of when we scored. There was no doubt in my mind that we would score in this game. And I predicted 1-0 because I was expecting us to score and then it'd be a bit bitty until the end and for us to kind of hold on and them to have a fair few chances, us to have a few chances and miss them. But it wasn't like that. And it was different today. And that, I think, is something positive to look at. So before you go into, you know, and you start hearing people go Southampton were dreadful, you know, park that for a second. Because yes, there's merit in their argument. Southampton were bad because they were. But Norwich were bad. Watford were bad. Newcastle were bad. But we didn't look good in those games. We looked bad in those games. And we didn't capitalize on our goals. In this game, we did. And we pushed. And I think that's something to be positive about. So... That's definitely, yeah. Vinny, that was the key, Tom. We went for the throat rather than easing up. And at the end of the game, they were having fun. They were really having fun. They were nicking the ball high up the pitch. They were turning over possession in the opposition's half. And when you've got a crucial game against West Ham in midweek, which is a huge, huge game off the back of them having an awful trip to Burnley tomorrow, um, it's going to be crucial that we play in a very similar intensity. If we play the same exact team again, I'll be surprised because we're playing so many games close to each other, but you never know with this manager. Um, But it's a big, big game. You win that game. If they drop points against Burnley, which, you know, can happen. I doubt it, but it can happen. Then we've got a chance to go above them in midweek and that would be huge. So, absolutely. Um, EZR says, this is where we are in our development. We can smash average teams when they aren't playing well, but good teams will beat us when they play at their average level. And it's something that we need to change eds it really is it's something that hopefully we will change when we play west ham and that's a big big test again kim says not entirely unrelated and quite shallow but i do not want hassenhutl at our club should we change arteta every time i see him he has annoyed he has an annoyed look on the sidelines (laughs) he looks like robert webb doing an annoyed reaction on the peep show what a comparison I'm sure Robert Webb would be thrilled with that. And maybe our overseas listeners is, uh, haven't got a clue who Robert Webb is. Uh, Beta facts says, uh, mix of both. It was a good Premier League match, but we only excelled because of Southampton's inherent level. Um, awful level, really. Other teams might have capitalized on Partey and Xhaka's mishaps. Yes, yeah, something I've not actually talked about so far. Jacker and Partey and Gabriel as well at the start of the game. Really poor playing out from the back really poor up until that goal. And even in the goal, we nearly messed up playing out from the back. We gave away possession so many times, so cheaply. Uh, And that is something that, you know, that's a concern when you're going up against a team as good as West Ham in midweek, that we're going to give the ball away in really dangerous situations. I hope that we don't, obviously, I hope that we don't, but I hope that we're a little bit more, you know, careful. I want us to be progressive. I want us to be adventurous. But it needs to be, you know, more accurate. It needs to be more measured. And and that's probably where we sit right now. Uh, Thomas Sabol says, uh, Udegaard was everywhere and epitomized our efforts to put the boot down on the throats. The only thing easing up gets us is scored on. Absolutely. Uh, Kian says, Ramsdale is the best keeper we have had in a very, 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 very very long time. Uh, it's probably fair to say. And I saw uh, Manu said, let's talk about the main man Rambo. Look, Ramsdale's passing. He's shot stopping. His mentality. All of those are some things we've lacked in a goalkeeper. Leno is a decent keeper. It's not to, to bash Leno. He's a, he's a good keeper. Good shot stopper. Um, got decent reactions. But I'm sorry. He's nowhere near... And to be honest, I'm surprised that no one's asking where he is because he wasn't on the bench again, I don't think. I don't know where Leno is. Someone needs to ask the question. <laughs> Someone needs to ask where Leno is because I have no idea where he is. Um, and the fact he's not popping up in those... Uh, he's not been popping up as he in those injury updates from the, uh, from the website. I'm just having a look because I didn't actually read this week. So let me just have a quick... Let's have a look at the. Where is it? Where is it? Where it T news. Oh, Leno. Here we go. Leno right groin. Burn Leno sustained a groin issue in training last week and is being assessed. Okay, I oh, look like a mug. <laughs> so he's sustained an issue, but I'm sure nothing was said ahead of Man United. Um. He's being assessed. I mean, there's just there's something dodgy going on there. There's something. There's something There's just something weird. You know, I just get that weird, strange feeling. There's something more to this than just that suggestion. How much would you take for Leno? Chat box, fill it up. How much are you accepting for Leno in the January window? For me, eighteen million pounds. <laughs> Kid football journalist, by the way. Yeah. Uh, how much are you taking for Leno in, in the chat box, people? Because I'm eighteen mil. Maybe is where I sit. Eighteen million. Is that too small of an amount? Uh, omar 25 million pounds uh O'Malley, 15 to 20 uh kian says 20 angry guna says 25 uh, Mr. reaction says 25 there's a lot wow there's a lot of different uh kind of figures 10 to 15 we've got some people going all the way up to 30 some people saying about 10 to 15 million pounds 16 to 20 is very precise 12 million from hillman i don't know how much he's actually worth i mean let's have a look at transfer marks the bastion of truth in regards to market values i'm only kidding man well i promise uh 16.2 million is what transfer marks rate leno i mean he's a 29 year old goalkeeper reaching the towards the end of his prime years as a, as a, as a shot stopper you know 15 million is that enough is that a good enough sale price? Could you get in a replacement? I think you probably could. I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want Willie Caballero coming in. <laughs> My goodness. what a, Or how bad must Southampton's third-choice goalkeeper be if they have to get a 40-year-old Willie Caballero in? I mean, if that was us, if we had... If Ramsdale got injured, if Leno was injured like he is now, and Arsenal, instead of promoting, say, a Carl Hein or a Conquo into the first team for some games, decided to go out and sign, I don't know, a random, let's say, an Alex Runerson style goalkeeper. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, how bad must the third choice be? It must be that's such a strange one. Um, I, I, is it Harry Lewis, I think? And I think he's played for them. In, I think he's played against us, actually, in the FA Cup in 2017, if my memory serves me well. I think uh, we actually played against Harry Lewis when he was a lot younger. Surely... Sure, it's worth giving him the opportunity. I mean, for a goalkeeper, especially when it's Willy Caballero at 40 years of age, are you really getting more out of him than you are giving time to a kid in the Southampton team? I really find that really strange. Um, Kim says, I actually felt for him. He looks like some random boss man playing <laughs> <laughs> goal. Horrendous tries at punching or catching the ball at all Of the set pieces. Yeah, unbelievable. Vinny says, crazy considering they are known for having such a great use system. Yeah, really good, solid point. Uh, Steph says, Tom, to be honest, City and Chelsea also don't dominate the game through 90 minutes, so it will improve with time. I think it's part of football. Henry says, great man management today from Arteta, taking Gabby off, who was on a yellow. Yes, I mean, we do criticize Arteta's in game decisions, and you have to say that that was a good one, taking off Gabrielle. Um, and that was really interesting. What do we make of Nicolas Pepe being brought on as well uh, towards the end of the game? Not Eddie Nketiah, an interesting substitution. Uh, Pepe being given a few minutes on the pitch. Is that ahead of the festive period, making sure he's playing? Didn't see Tavares today. Tierney kept his place. I thought Tierney was excellent, by the way. I thought he was really, really good. I mean, you compare that performance to how he played uh, against Everton, I thought it was night and day. I thought his crosses were... Was superb. Obviously, he got an assist as well. Thought he was really, really solid. Uh, Merry Christmas, says uh, someone said today. Tom, what was Bologna's right back for us to steal? Tom, yeah, how who? How bad must their right back be to allow us to take Tom? How good must they be rather to allow us to take um, Tommy Asu? Tommy Asu is a force of nature. That's what Tommy Asu is. He's a, he's the most consistent footballer. I have ever seen. <laughs> it's the most consistent right back I have ever known in an Arsenal shirt. I'm looking back, you know, your Lee Dixons of this world, your Bakary Sanyas. I'm thinking back to those days, uh, your Laurens. I tell you, Tommy has to give them a good run for their money. This this kid is something special. I love Tommy, I think he's brilliant. His mentality, he's just kind of like a never say die kind of defender he just never gives up on a tackle he loses the ball sometimes very rarely but he fights for it back and the thing is he actually gets it it's not like when you see sometimes a striker, or if you watch me in six aside. side if i lose the ball and i chase back trying, basically what i'm doing is i'm trying to look good like i've lost the ball i better run back and make an effort that's not tommy asu, tommy asu is i'm getting that ball and there's nothing you're gonna do to stop me that's that's, that's tommy asu he's brilliant <laughs> Absolutely love him. And you've got to give credit to Arteta and Edu for finding him. Like We all we're sit there and praise the player, but the recruitment is great. And uh, that's improved. Again, we bring it full circle back to uh, back to, back to Erdogan. Really good bit of business. I'm happy we got him. I don't think there was too many number 10s out there that we were going to get for a similar price that have given us more than him. And I find it really strange that people still try to bash him. I had someone tweet me uh let me give him credit <laughs> let me give the person credit who tweeted me um nick Causa at nick causer 92 on twitter i tweeted saying where's my where where's my other guy haters at it's all t- no, it's a fun and game it's tug-of-cheek he says you can't possibly deny he's been crabs I... <laughs> inside i don't get this where are people getting this from I really don't understand it. At least he started to affect games a bit more over the last three matches, but he's been nowhere near good enough overall. Erdogan lovers have been silent until now because they know he's been crap. I've been writing pieces about the guy for ages, highlighting his positive points, highlighting his pressing statistics that he's one of the most aggressive players in the Premier League. He leads by example. He doesn't stop talking. He doesn't stop leading that side. He's passing... Is really, honestly, his passing is something to be marvelled at. If he has runners, as I said several times, he's not going to be your protagonistic um, Bruno Fernandez. He's not going to be a Bernardo Silvers. That's not his style. He's an enabler. He's a bit of a luxury player. He's, you know, he emphasises how good the team is, but he needs other people to be doing their jobs to work. And yes, when we get, if we ever get this club back to the position where it can be challenging for titles. Erdogan probably isn't good enough to be our number 10 if he plays like he is now. To be good enough to be playing in the title-challenging side, you need to be a protagonist. You need to be someone that can, can win games by herself. And yes, he's scoring goals, but I'm just speaking honestly. He would need to be doing it consistently. He would need to be getting into the box a lot more, being more direct, being more clinical, and, you know, he would need to be more individualistic in, in terms of that skill. But for where we are right now, which is trying to get back into the Champions League and then hopefully become an established Champions League, side, so Erdogan at 22 can develop into a really solid player for us. Maybe he could turn into one of those protagonistic players. I mean, I'm, I'm using names like Bernardo Silva and Bruno Fernandes, and you consider how old they are. They're five years more down the line than Erdogan. They're five or more years older. And at 22, I think he's doing great. And to describe him as some people would say, crap is, I'm sorry, short-sighted and biased is what that is. And it just doesn't take into account how good of a player he is. And it's no surprise since he signed for the club in January of last year that the form picked up ridiculously so. And there you go. Uh, Tom, who is your captain pick if Bamiang is demoted? The question is, should he be? And and I mean, I'd ask you guys in the chat box, should Bamiyang lose the armband. It's something that I I asked James from AFTV yesterday was it yesterday. I lose track of time. I think it was yesterday. He felt he said no. Obviously that was before we found out about what was going on today. But he said no because it might do more damage than it would do good. And I see that argument. I see the argument that you know it could be more it could be a of a bigger detriment. But to my to me, I absolutely would Take the captaincy away from him. You cannot be the example when you are turning up late time after time. I said that twice because it's only happened twice. That's twice too many. One time is too many if you're the captain. At thirty-two, you're thirty-two. You're the oldest guy in you're oldest guy in the team. Lacazette, Cedric, yeah, he is the oldest guy in the team. He is the dad of the team. He cannot be setting these examples to our kids. They are going to grow up. Terrible people. (laughs) I'm going off track. Um, But you can't set that example. Um, Let's see what you guys said. Question was, should he lose the armband? Andy, yes. Jose, yes. Kian, yes, yes, yes. James, yes, he should. Even before all of this. Herb, yes. ADT, yes. Rancid, yes. Omar, yes. Herb, yes. Give it to Laka. Tom, strip the armband. Chris Moss, big up both Gabrielle, <laughs> slightly off topic. Uh, Steven says, yes, Tierney should be given the armband. Suppose the next question is, who for you takes the armband? If, we're gonna, if you're going to take the armband off of Bamiang, who do you give the armband to? That's the biggest question. Omar says, give it to Gabrielle. Tom agrees, Gabrielle should get the armband. Um Callie <laughs> just reckons he should leave. We should be selling a Bamiang. I mean, would we be selling a Bamiang in the summer? I'll tell you what. Here's your offer. Arsenal sell a Bamiang in the summer for, let's say, £10 million. Pounds. They extend Lacazette's contract by two years. We offer him one. He rejects it, says, I ain't staying for one year. I want a two-year contract. They offer Lacazette a two-year contract. He accepts it. He gets the armband. You may not like that, but that's the way that things tend to go in terms of this club. They give the senior players, and he is the vice captain right now. So, like, Abamyang sold for 10 million. Lacazette given a two-year deal and the armband, and Arsenal sign a striker. I won't say who it is, but let's say it's one of the players we're linked to, Avlaovic, and Izak, a DCL, or Jonathan David, or Yusuf Anezri. We sign one of those players. We give Laka a two-year deal and the armband. And Abamyang is sold for 10 million. Are you taking that deal? That's what I'm asking you. Are you taking that deal? Let me know whether you would do that or not. Kali says yes. Navara says no. Jose says no extension. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. I know there's a little bit of a delay between me saying things and then you being able to respond to them in the chat box. Um Andy says, I like this deal. Brad says, yes. Cass says, no. Stephen says, "Do if it's by the way, if it's a no, I want to know your reasons. Tell me why. Why wouldn't you take that deal? I'm really interested by it. Omar says, yes. Stephen says, absolutely, 100%. Brad says, where can I sign? Wesley says, take it. Jason says, yes. Kian says, no. O'Malley says, yes, sir. Um, I want to see some reasons, people. I want to see you telling me why. If you're no, I want to know why. No interest in Lacquer anymore, says some bloke. The Lion of Judah Fake News says no. What kind of name is that? Uh, Alan says, absolutely. Clarify says, if not, no. Uh, Which I don't really know what that means. Damien says, no. Uh, Vinny says, I'd be happy with Laka as a true professional. He hasn't been playing and his attitude has been incredible. Um, Mitch just says no, his reason, because I love that, I've asked for a reason because, just because, you know, you can't really can't really disagree with that, to be fair Um, Tessie says, I wouldn't give the armband to Laka, Ifa says no, can't stick with Laka, we need to move on Uh GSM says, Tierney should be the captain to be, uh, the, gu- the guy can't stop shouting Uh Rail says, no, Laka would miss payday when he leaves on a free Um I mean if that's the reason, I find that a bit strange. Uh, Mr. Thugie says, Laka can't be the captain because if we buy a striker, you must be better than him. So Laka won't be a regular. That, well, that's fine. It means you give the vice captain to someone else who is playing. I, as I said on the Arsenal way earlier, I do find the idea of the, the captain's armband a little bit token gesture. Do you know what I mean by that? I find just having the armband doesn't shouldn't make you captain. There should be a number of captains in the side. Just because you're wearing the armband in the team doesn't mean that you're the only one that can step up and stand up and speak. It needs to be a multiple person situation. Um, let's go to Sam Tressida. who says, no, I think we need to learn from our mistakes. We need to learn uh, to move on from Lacazette, purely an age thing, and if we keep him, He's not really the quality we want as a starter and he won't stay as backup. And it's a fair shout. I doubt he would want to stay as backup. He wants to play in the last years of his career. I'd be shocked if he signs. I'd be shocked if he stays at Arsenal. But the thing is, I can't see... I can't see Arsenal selling Aubameyang and I can't see them renewing Lacazette. And that means that Aubameyang is going to stay and it means that Lacazette's going to go and it means that we're going to have to find... A solution. And I do feel as though just simply adding a new striker doesn't solve our problems. You've also got to factor in Balogun's future into this too. Is he going to get any opportunities next season? Is keeping Lacazette harming the opportunities for him? I'm not sure. We've got about four. how long I'm going to go for. Let's let's say 10 minutes, it might be longer. Let's get some questions. It's question time in the chat box, people. Let's go through this. Of course, I will be live tomorrow morning as well at 8 a.m. Do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. We're going through plenty of comments today. Number one rule about TGT, engagement. Always answering your questions. Always talking about your comments. Get them in. Over 450 of you watching. Thank you so much for the support, guys, as always. Glad that so many of you join us. Let's get those questions into the chat box. And we'll go through as many of them as possible. Navarra says, Tom, I think Arteta is doing to Partey what he did to Willian. Subpar performances and refusing to take him off. It's not a bad point. Zambi came on today for Granite Xhaka. The Lokonga thing stresses me out because lakonga has been our best centre mid and he's sitting out and I don't get it. I don't understand how you can justify leaving out your best central midfielder. It makes no sense to me. I really don't understand how you can leave out your best mid-centre mid. I really don't get it. Wilson just simply says, what on earth is going with the Bamiyang right now? Scroll back about 20 minutes. We've, we've been talking about it for about that long. O'Malley says, do you drop Lacquer to keep Martinelli in the team when Emil Smith-Rowe comes back? No. I think that there is an opportunity for us to go to 4-3-3. Laconga at six. Drop both Xhaka and Partey. Laconga at six. Erdogan Smith-Rowe at eight. Gabriel Martinelli left. Saka, right, Lacazette, or Aubameyang, whoever's on form, playing in the middle. I think that's the way to go. Keon says, Tom, say Abamyang does leave, would you give Martinelli the number fourteen? Ooh, is that? I mean, would I give Martinelli the number fourteen? Is a big question. Who are we missing in terms of numbers? We've got a number ten. We've got a Have we got number eleven? Who's number eleven? Have we not got number 11? I thought we did. Maybe we don't. I might give him number 11. Oh, no, Lucas Torreira has number 11, to be fair. He's on loan, isn't he? I don't know about 14. 14's a bit special. I feel like you need to earn 14 a bit more than Martinelli currently has. It's not to say that he won't one day be that good. I just, you know, I feel like 14's a little bit special. Um, and maybe I wouldn't give it up so easily Vinny says how do you think we address our issues in centre mid we seem to struggle to progress the ball Vinny for me it's simple you play your best player and our best player in midfield is sitting on the bench right now you address it also by coaching you say be more progressive and I just felt like again it was slow it was a little bit passive in the middle today and I just I can't get on board with sticking by Partey and Xhaka at the moment they they haven't earned that place Conga's earned it Lekonga has earned his place in the team. Uh, Henry says, big shout to Rob Holdings here. I hear he uses the same one as Dan Potts. How you kidding, daddy boy. Kelly says, same 11 against Arsenal, uh, against West Ham. Oh, do you do you go with the same 11 consistency? No, I mean, no. The answer, the answer is no, I bring Lekonga back in. Lekonga comes back in for either one of Jacques or for which I don't really care. One of them, take him out, bring in Lekonga and let him play. Jason says, primary targets for the January window. Look, it's really hard, Jason, to come up with a specific name for you. I'm sorry. I think that the midfield loan option is probably going to be where we're at. We're going to lose Partey. We're going to lose Elneny in midfield. I feel like a short-term option and then wait till the summer to go for that that big marquee player because I don't think the one that we want is going to be available in, in January. So probably a loan. Mark Rocker from Bayern Munich. Not a bad shout. Hector Herrera from Atleti. You've also got um, Jeffrey Kondogbier from Atleti. Could be available on a short term. Replaced Partey. Ironically, could replace Partey for us. Um, Aaron Ramsey, of course, at Juventus. There's suggestions, of course, that he may be off and away. Could we take him back on a six-month loan? Maybe it's not such a bad idea, although he isn't really a deep midfielder. Um, but who says that we don't need to add something a little bit more expressive when attacking in midfield to cover in the positions? yo says Sambi will be leaned on heavily in the coming weeks. I'm sure he will, especially when Partey and El Nelly leave. ADT says if Leno leaves in January, would you sign another goalkeeper or promote a concord Hine? I would need to speak to Kev a little bit more about how they're getting on in the youth team, see how they feel. But it may be a case of just bringing in someone on the cheap who's experienced, Alex McCarthy, Fraser Forster... Sam Johnston, someone like that, uh, just bringing someone in to be a bit of a backup. Uh, Junko says, Sad how we see Abamiang and Laka as failed strikers, yet we luck, love, created luck, created midfielders over two to three seasons with two defensive midfielders we don't create. Wish Abamyang could join Barca. He would bang goals. Look, the honest answer is, and I support my good right hand man, Drew, who I'm looking forward to speaking on. So I'm getting Drew, if you're watching, Get your ass in gear and get on the channel because it's been too blooming long since you've been around, mate. I know you've been off gallivanting with the fiance, but, you know, just uh, just get yourself on the channel, fella, because I'm bored without you. (laughs) I need you in my life again, Drew. Come on. Uh, I'll tell you what. People, start tweeting Drew at Logic If you want me to spell that for you, that's uh, L-O-G-I-K-L-E-H-R-E-R at Logic Lera, everyone go on to your Twitter. <laughs> He's gonna hate me for this. Uh, <laughs> go on your Twitter at logic lera. I'll just put it into the chat box. It's right there on all oh, that way. Tweet him at logic lera get on TGT. We miss you. That's what you need to be tweeting. Get him on, Drew Thompson. We haven't seen him in long enough. Get him on the channel. That's what we need to be doing. Um, because he will tell you, and I side with him on this regarding bamiang he got umpteen amounts of chances at Dortmund. He was getting chances thrown into him left and right, and he scored lots of goals because they created lots of chances. But he still missed loads. So just by putting a Bamiang into, say, a Barcelona by the way are not the bastion of creativity as they used to be, does not guarantee you that, you know, that he will be in the side. It doesn't guarantee you that. And, And that's where we need to... That's where we need to ultimately be. Is we need to be in a position where we're creating good chances for a striker who is more clinical than Abameyang. Abameyang isn't even our best finisher in the. I mean, arguably, Nicolas Pepe is our best finisher. Would I play him at striker? No. Again, I don't think he possesses the overall all round game to play in the central striking role. I think he could work off of a striker, not in a 10 role, but slightly skewed to the right in a kind of a right forward role, but he. He plays so far out wide, the right-hand side. He never gets into the game enough. But we need a striker that is so far more clinical than what we currently have. That's where I was at. Have we all tweeted Drew yet? We better be tweeting him. I I don't want to see people backing out of this. I want to see you tweeting him. (laughs) Tweet Drew. Get him in. I'm not saying right now. Uh, We don't have to get him in this show, but he needs to be on a podcast very soon. Sam Tresta, Tom, looking over the past year, what do you see as your biggest achievement? Growing the channel or landing the dream job? Look, the channel is always uh, an absolute honor to run, and I never, ever, ever hide away from thanking Craig. Every time I talk about TGT, I talk about Craig. He's the one who started it, and without him, there's no this and to be honest, without Craig, I probably wouldn't even have a job in the in the industry. So I'm very, very thankful to Craig for uh, everything that he did for me. And uh, I believe he's starting. I believe the same old Arsenal is is going back on again. Um, so if you were ever a, a watcher of that and you were missing same old Arsenal, it is coming back. Make sure you go and watch it. Craig will be there with all the usual gang. Um, but uh, I mean, obviously, getting a getting the dream job and writing about Arsenal every day. As my job, it, it's, yeah, it's absolutely, it's a dream country. And, uh, and by all accounts, it's going very well. So uh, I'm very happy with what I'm doing. I'm hoping it goes on into the future, uh, is all I can say on that. So there you go. Thanks, mate. Uh, Sam, as always, big support of the channel. Absolute legend. Uh, Omar says, Ronaldo missed a sitter. Did he? I, I haven't watched the Man United game. I was working till nine. So uh, I've not yet missed it. But annoyingly, they did get that penalty um but i mean that does show, if anything you should be encouraged by the fact that they struggled against norwich hopefully that means that all is still not well at man united steph says tom have you noticed grealish and uh, Bencho have done nothing but if they played for arsenal people would be talking but it helps that they are english so nobody would talk about it do english players get an easier ride than than uh, than imports from abroad maybe um probably Grealish is is not... I haven't seen the same Greenish that I saw at Man City. Uh, Sancho has got a fair amount of criticism, but I don't think... I say fair in the sense of how much he's got. I think he's got a reasonable amount of criticism. I don't think it's reflective of how poor he's kind of been. But I mean, again, the man, the myth, the legend, Drew Thompson will tell you that he's being wasted and he's, he's not being used in the correct way. Um, so there you go. Oh, Molly, what do I ask him? Do they give a question, Marley? Come on, <laughs> think of a question. Yes, Josh, same old Arsenal, pick it up. Um, thanks, Vinny. appreciate your support, mate, as always. Come on, guys, there's 450 of you in the chat. Please do drop a like. Please do throw in your questions. I will stick around <laughs> as long as you keep asking questions up until the hour. Um, let's go to Chris, who says, Tom, i backed back to her to go over Madison from the start. It's good to see him succeed do you think he is now a mainstay in our strongest team with everyone healthy? I think he is because he's the, I mean, he is kind of by default because he is really our only natural number 10 that plays that creative role. The thing about Smith Rowe is that playing on that left-hand side has kind of unlocked his directness. It's enabled Smith Rowe to be a much more aggressive, uh, a lot more dangerous of a threat on the goal playing on that left flank. I think it suits him. So, I think yes. Ironically, I don't think Martinelli starts in our best team right now, and that's not down to him not being good enough. He's a very good player, but Smith Rowe just looks that kind of cut above. I think it's a real toss up between Smith Rowe and Martinelli on the left, Saka on the right. The biggest issue is at striker, because I mean, arguably, if you put a, if you put a brilliant striker in this Arsenal team, you would think that the chances we are creating, the few, you would be able to take them. I previously thought that you could put say even Robert Lewandowski into this Arsenal team and because of the lack of chance creation you wouldn't necessarily see a massive difference in goal output but I do think over time we've gradually seen that that isn't the case and that whilst we've got one of the lowest um chance creation statistics we also have one of the lowest um chance conversion ratings in the league so if you fix if you fix the chance conversion of the few chances you are creating you are going to score more goals so a striker is still probably the from your question, which I know, Chris, I've gone on a huge tangent. But uh, it probably does highlight the need for a striker that much more. Rich says, I'd still take Greenwood from Man United. If we can get him, he's got... Greenwood's going to be a brilliant striker. I have no doubt about that. Uh, Max Ahrens. We were all foaming at the mouth about in the summer, but he has struggled this year. Nobody was even mentioning Tommy Asu. It shows our scouts are working their magic. Hey, I like the idea of Max Aarons. Uh and I think that he's, he's still a very decent player. And I think he, if Norwich go down, he'll probably be poached and he could succeed in a better team that plays. You know, if you think about it, he's a, he's an attacking right back playing in a side in the Premier League, always on the back foot. Is he really going to be able to express himself like he's capable of? The answer is probably not. You're probably not going to see the best from him. I mean, if you think back, how much do we think that Marcus Alonso struggled for Bolton? He goes and plays for Fiorentina and then Chelsea, and you see how he unlocks in a better side. Sometimes when players move from, uh, we think about Genie Wijnaldum. I know he was decent at Newcastle, but he moves to Liverpool and he's unlocked just as this brilliant player. And I do feel like sometimes when these guys are playing in these lower, di- lower division, lower down the league sides that are constantly under pressure, especially defenders, and, and in fullbacks in particular, you're never going to see the best from those players. But you know. It's a. Good, it's a still a solid point that Tommy Asu has, is, is again been absolutely brilliant for us. Uh, Raul says, "Are there any cheaper striker options in South America that Edu could source?" Just as he got Martinelli. Well, we are linked to a uh, a guy called Yuri Alberto, plays for International. Uh He's you know he's rated fairly highly, and he's certainly someone that the club seem to be interested in because these links have persisted for around a year. So you would think, wouldn't you, that he he indicates that we are looking at someone like that whether or not we end up going for him is is another thing uh jonathan says tom if there was a case that Saliba was called back in january do you think well first of all jonathan he can't be i'm sorry there is no recall clause as far as i'm aware in his contract let's though for the sake of hypotheticals if he was to come back would he displace gabriel or white look it would be white of the two gabriel has been very good I think it's pretty close. I think they've been very good this season. The difference is that Saliba's been playing against opposition in Liga, whereas Ben White's been playing against opposition in the Premier League and it's a different level. Liga is still a very good level and he's definitely developing, but the Premier League is a different and and what you would argue to be a higher level. So... It's, you know, it's touch and go. But what I think is, it's is good that we've got this competition. I also think that just because we've spent £50 million pounds on White doesn't mean we have to guarantee him a place in the team next season if Saliba comes back. Let him fight it out. Let him duke it out for the position. And if not, I mean, there is the hope that we could even go to a back three, which has proven successful for many teams in the Premier League. Just ask Thomas Tuchel. Uh, Rohit says, no one hates... Odo, Odegaard. Sorry, who is Odo? (laughs) Uh, No one hates Odegaard. It's just that he has flattered to deceive, especially since he was on loan last season. I disagree. There are absolutely uh, Odegaard haters out there. There are, without a shadow of a doubt, people that would absolutely love to see Odegaard fail at the club. They they just exist. They are just there. They're just out there. It is what it is. Um, (laughs) uh, Daniel says, why is no one talking about the fact that Gabriel has more goals than Harry... Daniel, you beautiful human being. Thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. Is that for real? No. No, surely not. Gabriel Magalash. Assuming this is Premier League statistics. Gabriel has how many goals this season? He has two goals this season in the Premier League in 13 games. Searching up for Mr. Harry Kane. How many goals does Harry Kane have in the... (laughs) Oh, my... He's really scored one goal. (laughs) Wow. Daniel, that is my comment of the evening. Thank you so much for bringing that happiness and joy into my life this evening that's brilliant <laughs> that's unbelievable how brilliant is that how brilliant is that Marcus so with Abamiang's future in doubt as are all of our forwards now is our priority in January a striker or still a centre midfielder I still think it's centre midfield because of the um African Cup of Nations but I would be less surprised than I was say a week or so ago if Arsenal did move for a centre midfielder, because I think that the form, the, the situation with the Bamiyang, Lacazette's uncertain future, and Ketty's reluctance to sign a new deal, Balogun likely going on loan, and a Bamiang going to the African Cup of Nations, I'd be less surprised than I was say a week ago. I'd still be surprised if we signed a striker in January, but I would be less surprised than I was say a week ago sam trester says do you see any avenue for bringing mavro panels back from loan uh, as far as i'm aware sam the clauses attached to his deal uh pretty much it's uh unless stuttgart get relegated he's gonna be a he'll be a stuttgart player next season uh if they do get relegated they still have an option and it's only around three million quid. It's not exactly expensive. So Mavropanos Panos will go, which is a shame because I think we probably I think we probably cut ties with Panos a little bit too soon. I mean, especially for that amount of money. Three million quid for a player of as how good he has been. I mean, he's been, I think he got in the Bundesliga player of the month. So, uh he was in the team of the month for the Bundesliga at one point. I yeah. I think maybe we did cut ties with him too soon, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but what we hear from Arteta is that if you're not kind of on board, and you're not in his plans, you're not with the program, or you can't fit that fit the mould, you don't you don't stay and and you go. So that's a different one. Amir, Tom, I'm a new subscriber. What would a good season for Arteta be, in your opinion? Uh, First of all, welcome and chat box. Do welcome Amir into the community. You've joined a brilliant gang of people. um, So thank you for joining. Um, In terms of what would be a good... I said from the start of the season, and I do not deviate from my target at the start of the season, that top six is the target. It's the minimum expectation. Rather than say target, it's the minimum expectation that I expect from Arsenal. Arsenal should be playing in Europe. And no, I don't count the UEFA Conference League as, as a competition that's worthy of note, because it isn't. Um, the Europa League is a route into the Champions League. And that's the only reason why I actually value it as a competition is because it has a route into the Champions League. A route that we have missed the opportunity to get to three times, two semifinals... Obviously, we went out to Olympiacos in the round of 16 or 32 however whatever it was, and obviously we, we lost the final. But three times you think of the two semis against Atleti and Villarreal and the final against Chelsea. Three times we've had a chance, a one in four, and then a one in two chance to get into that Champions League and we failed. I Top six has got to be the minimum. Top four would be an overachievement uh, based upon where I view the squad and where I rank the manager in regards to Premier League coaches. It would be an overachievement uh, and it would be a very, very, it would be a brilliant achievement. Um, But yeah, top six is the minimum expectation for me. Omar, shut up, mate. <laughs> you're not a new subscriber, you've been around for years. I think Omar was in the chat box before I even before I even took over from Craig. So uh, ridiculous. Merry Christmas says, uh, I still think you're right. Maybe Tom play Balogun here up front to start uh, a new reward here soon. Like, I I genuinely would start him in the next game. I'd I'd maintain this, I'd start him in the next game. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm going to time you out in a second. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Nice to be here, says Amir. Welcome, mate. Um, There you go. Tom, so much for not using titles like Arteta are out a second right now. (laughs) Great channel. Yeah, it it is what it is Look. Yeah, it's just not what we do. Uh, if there says, Tom, we need a striker who is more commanding and present. Our strikers don't demand the ball when they're in dangerous areas. They don't hassle and bully defenders for dangerous spaces. Uh, it's a good point. We need we need strikers that are more, what's the word I'm looking for? Tenacious, you know, a bit more territorial with their spaces, maybe. I think that's probably where we're at. I've just checked the time. It's gone past 10. I only meant to come on for half an hour. I've been sitting here for 55 minutes. You've been very lucky, or maybe. Drop a like on the video, guys, if you've enjoyed yourself, even if you haven't. If you're watching on Catch Up, do leave a comment in response to any of the topics that we've covered today. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. UK time, as we are every single day. I'll be looking to do a podcast for you at some point as well, uh, hopefully with Drew. But please, again, I'll maintain this. Go on to Twitter and tweet at Logic Lara, get on TGT, because he's skiving. It's not good enough. It's being lazy. And we need Drew back on the show very soon. So tweet him, bully him, get him on, do what you need to do. We'll get him on. <laughs> have a good evening, people. Enjoy the rest of your day and uh, enjoy your weekend knowing that Arsenal have won a game. And I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8am. Always a pleasure. Absolute love all round. And as always, up the Arsenal. all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find reality gays wherever you listen to podcasts. ACast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk sport powered by fans.